Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. I think I'm getting my voice back. Sounds good today. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah, considerably better than the last couple of days. I was uh, I was concerned that today would be a sick day. I don't like to take sick days. Why would you? It's too fun to do this stuff. Really, It's like a vacation while working. Look at you. Appreciating the profession, appreciating the craft. Can I help you? Oh, we're giving away I mean, more are, are tickets. Are we at a point now that when we open up the show, you reach over to touch me? Yeah, well, I, I, think we're comfortable enough. I think we're comfortable enough to start doing that. I don't know. I think I'm out of your age range. <laughs> yeah, I guess if 29 is the number for you. If a 45-year-old woman approached you to go out for a beverage, would you go? Yeah, just for the story. Really? Is that right? Yeah, 100%. Right. But you're going to reach over and, and caress your 45-year-old co-host. Yeah, well, I think we're at that point where that's okay, acceptable. That's fine. I don't know. I'm going to go to HR right after this, just so you, <laughs> you kind of know. Hey, uh, this is Balloon Party, award-winning program. I handed out an award on Inside STL to us. Uh, and 101 ESPN has your chance all this week to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and Mets. It's the first Budweiser Bash game of the 2022 season and features an exclusive Keith Hernandez limited edition bobblehead giveaway. Get all the details for this season series of Budweiser Bash cards games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. And we are giving away four tickets every day this week. Yes, sir. So what what are we doing today, Jackson? Text of the day. Outside of trying to caress co-hosts. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that I guess I'm in the lead in that category. Yeah, it's one nothing. Yeah, but uh, text of the day, bring the heat. All right, six five seven eight zero Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, we got a Jim Dandy here, Dan McLaughlin, going to join us from Miami. That's where he will be for the yep. Cardinals and the Marlins as the Cardinals go for a sweep of the Fighting Fish. Uh, I expect the energy in there to just be second to none. Yeah, uh, maybe second only to the energy at the Coliseum where the A's. And Orioles played in front of, I think, 2,379 people. I think that was the number. I think it might have been 3,700, okay. but it's the lowest they've had in 40 years. Yeah. So, so that's fun. Concerning, to say uh, the least. The Cardinals will go from energy to energy as they go to Cincinnati, where the Reds have lost nine in a row. Kind of a surprise they're not performing well after trading away everybody. Right. So they're 2-11, and 11, and the Cardinals' tour of the quadruple-A system continues for the beginning of the season. But they're doing what they need to do, Jackson. They're 7-3. Yeah. and three. Beating the teams that are in front of them. That's all you can do. Well, behind them. I would <laughs> hope they're behind them, and they are. Uh, so they're uh, in a position now to sweep the Marlins, but it all is because of what took place in the ninth inning. Could you cue up our guest at 1045, Dan McLaughlin's call? Scoreless into the ninth, a Jim Dandy. My kind of baseball game because I'm super nerdy. I like that kind of stuff. One of my favorite Cardinal playoff series of all time, 2001 NLDS against the Diamondbacks. Every single game was low scoring. Feels like it went to the ninth inning. It was thrilling, low-scoring baseball. Woody Williams and Matt Morris were dealing for the Cardinals. Daryl Kyle started a game. They had Schilling and Randy Johnson. And this one is scoreless. Into the top of the ninth, and there's that man again, Nolan Arenado. How do you do? Arenado hits it out to deep left. It's at the wall! 
fifth of the year. Soler almost brought it back in. Instead, 2-0 St. Louis. How do you do? The man now has five home runs in ten games. Just raking. And a 1.337 OPS, uh, which is a fourth in the game of baseball. The 14 RBIs, third in the game. And only one player in baseball has more home runs than Nolan Arnato, and that is C.J. Cron. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way he's seeing the ball is unbelievable. The way he jumped on that pitch and almost was caught, which was concerning, but so awesome. He's raking like crazy and a definite gold star for Nolan. Oh, what a nice little... Yeah, well, gold star. It's rare to get a gold star from me, so he's earned it. I haven't heard the term gold star in a while. Is that going to be like a new new feature here on the show where Jackson, everybody tunes in to find out who Jackson gave a gold star to the night before? This yep. is going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. No so one got the 10 gold 05, star. So at 10.05, you're going to start touching me, and then at 10.10, <laughs> you then hand out your gold star. New show model. Wow, yeah. this is fun. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, gold star for uh, Nolan Arnato from Jackson. That'll mean a lot to him. We'll let Dan McLaughlin uh, know to pass that along down in Miami today. Please. And then from there... The Cardinals will head to Cincinnati. Also of great importance last night is he got a second great start uh, from Miles Michaelis. Yeah. And that uh, after the first start, kind of going, oh, uh-oh. But he went five through uh, 86 pitches, only allowed four hits, struck out five, no walks. That's my kind of ratio. And so Miles Michaelis now with two good starts. Didn't get the win, but the Cardinals do. And at this point, you don't see a lot of starters. And this is all over baseball. I mean, it's if you're playing fantasy baseball, it's a it, in starting pitching right now. Uh, it's tough because it's tough to get wins right. because the the starters aren't the ones getting the wins because they're of going no four or five. Yeah, exactly. Ton of no decisions. So the Cardinals uh, get another one, and Nolan Arenado the reason for yet another one, and uh, they will go for the sweep today. Also going on, although late night, so theoretically you can watch it, depending on your cable subscriber, uh, you will be able to see both the Cardinals and the Blues. You can just sell in. Yeah. 5.40 first pitch for the Cardinals and Marlins. That game goes three hours and 50 minutes in front of 350 people. I have more fans than minutes played during game, or That's less correct. fans than minutes played during game. And then here come the Blues. In what I think, even though it probably doesn't feel like it, if I'm just doing projections, I would tell you is if they're going to have home ice, they are really in a spot where I don't know if they can lose the rest of the way, which might sound a little crazy. Right. But the Wild have one more game to play. They have six left. The Blues have five left. The Wild are playing, for the most part, teams are out of it. Not necessarily tonight. The Canucks are still fighting. Um and I think that it would be surprising if the Wild didn't pick up at least nine points. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then they wind up with 112, and the Blues are at 103, and the Wild have the tiebreaker. Yep. So the max points for the Blues are 113. All right? I'm, you're following me. I can tell you're following me. I can do So yeah. therefore, they gotta, they got to win every single game. Yeah. And next Friday, the final home game uh, against VGK... Uh, could be important if the Blues have been able to win those those four games and they get a tour of the West Coast uh, teams who are out of it this weekend. And then the Avalanche, and we'll see what the Avalanche's motivation is before they head back home to take on uh, Vegas. But Vegas might be fighting for a playoff spot that night when the Blues host them for the final regular season game of the year. So uh, a busy night for St. Louis area sports fans with the Cardinals looking for the sweep and then the Blues and the Sharks. And Dan McLaughlin will join us coming up at approximately 
1045 from Miami. Uh, Jackson, who else at this moment stands out to you from the Cardinals? outside? And I'm talking position players because pitchers, Michael has had two great starts. Wainwright's had two great starts. Right. Uh, Dak Hudson at this point has been a bit shaky. Matt's has one good, one bad. Uh, what do you what do you got? We got Jordan Hicks today. I'm anxious to see how that goes Very anxious for to a, see. for a variety of reasons beyond just the fact that he's starting, but also just how he looks, how he feels coming out of it. Hundred percent. Tommy Edmonds got to be the answer. A heater. Yeah, I mean, just the way he's seeing the ball, the way he's hitting it, uh, so good on the base paths. A guy like Tommy Edmonds is so important to a team. You know, as hits and runs are tough to come by, and you got to put a premium on that. Guys like Tommy Edmonds are huge. So the fact that he's playing so well is really encouraging. If I'm not mistaken, we did. Uh, some prop bet over or under recommendations before the season. And somebody, uh, I believe it was on ESPN.com, had Tommy Edmond taking the over on his hit total. Right, yeah, yeah. Was that Jeff Passan? I believe that's what it was. Nicely yeah. done, sir. Yeah. That's exactly right. And uh, and so far, he has not disappointed. And this is, again, coming off of what was a rough spring, but he is already at 13 hits. And speaking of high OPSs, Arnado obviously uh, near the top of the game. Uh, Edmund is right there with him. He is seventh in baseball with a 1.135 and a uh, 371 batting average through the Cardinals' first 10 games. Are you more excited about the Cardinals now than you were two weeks ago today before they had played a game and they were about to experience the pageantry of opening day? Be yes, be uh, be open with me here. Yeah. Yes or no? You well, still think, in the same spot? What do you got? Yeah, kind of that. Like the excitement kind of plateaus because you're so excited to see Albert back and Yachty and Wayno in the final season. And now that they've played well uh, offensively, pitching still a little bit of a question mark, but offensively played well, I think my excitement is pretty much at the exact same level because you know we're scratching the surface because really only two or three guys are hitting at where they should be or better. So to see the rest of the offense come together and maybe the starting pitching comes together too. It'll be great to see, and more Albert at-bats, please. I don't know how likely it is that you're going to see the pitching. Yeah, stabilize, kind of. It's, it's, it's just, it would be, that would be something that would be less than 50% likelihood, yeah. in my opinion. It I might agree. be less than 33% likelihood, based on who at the moment is in the rotation. If Flaherty can come back and deal, then that would be wonderful. Then that's Reyes because, can come back and yeah. deal, then that will be wonderful. That's sure. a different situation. And then you put Hicks in the bullpen, if that's something that they that would, would be, be open a, to. be the perfect situation is getting Hicks back in the bullpen. I don't think that they uh, their idea is to have him start all season, but you know, you never know. And if the Flaherty comes back and starts dealing, that completely changes everything. Because in my mind right now, it's like I'm not even thinking about him until at least mid-June. Uh, so looking at the Cardinals' offensive statistics here, just for fun facts for no one tell, we're raving about the obvious ones who are – um, absolutely killing it, and that being Arenado and uh, and Edmund. Um, and it's Albert Pools has a higher OPS than than Edmund, but Albert Pools is you know going yeah, to be right. here and there mm-hmm. as far as his appearances go. Uh, really, I don't know if you would say anybody else is is killing it at the moment. As a matter of fact, as you said, Jackson, I think everybody at least again it's ten games, and in seven or six of them are against teams that aren't going to be in the mix. Right. But with that said. You know, do you think that Tyler O'Neill is going to have a, a better year than what would project at this moment? To see, the math is very easy. We multiply by sixteen point two. Is he going to have more than sixteen point two home runs this year? Again, operating off the premise of health. Right. I think everybody, like for real, everybody would say yes. Well, he's uh-huh. at one home run right now, and he is uh, hitting two fifty seven. Uh, Harrison Bader, that's always kind of a wide delta as to what people's offensive production uh, views are on him. But he is at uh, a 229 
average and a 622 OPS. Paul DeYoung, I think yeah. I don't expect much, but I expect him to be better than uh, hitting 167. And uh, Goldschmidt would be the one, Goldschmidt and Carlson would be the two that I circle as far as there's a lot of room for growth Absolutely. in these two right. assets. Yeah. Uh, Goldschmidt is at a buck 62 with a 512 OPS, 216 slugging percentage. And Dylan Carlson's at a buck 58 with a 420 OPS. And in both those cases, I expect great growth. Arnado's pace. Considering his talent, um, I don't know, of course, if the pace is realistic because now we're talking about a 90 home run season, so I don't know how likely that is. But we're talking about what he could do uh, over the course of a season. Certainly he could be uh, a, a monster offensive player throughout the course of the season, yeah. not necessarily at the toward pace he's at now. And Tommy Edmonds, uh, Tommy Edmond racking up a bunch of hits is certainly realistic. But the Cardinals are doing this with really two guys for the most part, and then Albert Pujols pops up here and there against left-handed starters or yep. relievers, and he rakes. Absolutely. So that is encouraging. That is encouraging. Um, one of the reasons, well, a couple of the reasons for my concern for the Cardinals offensively going in, which was uh, not necessarily the majority opinion, is not feeling like Paul DeYoung would do much, and then questioning uh, whether or not this outfield was really as solid as it was being portrayed going into the season locally yeah so you know it's 10 games in and honestly you know i talk about the quadruple a teams that they're playing and i think you could put the, the reds in the triple a category mm-hmm. they really don't get tested for a while yeah if you're if you're looking at the cardinal schedule they really don't um you know it's marlins now and then it's reds this weekend uh it's mets diamondbacks and royals right all the way th- until may 5th when you head to san francisco yeah, which is great for starting pitching. Hopefully, to get the confidence up while they get their arms right from the shortened spring training, you hopefully get a little confidence up against some worse ball clubs, and then come time where they're going to try to go seven or eight innings, it's going to be really exciting if they have that confidence going into that. Mets in a health debacle situation, but nonetheless off to a good start record-wise, um, and the Giants are eight and four. But in between, you have the two and eleven Reds and the four and eight. Diamondbacks um, before the Cardinals would have to take that trip to San Francisco. So keep piling up the wins against the teams who have elected not to compete this year. And uh, that is what they have done so far with uh, just shipping these teams. Seven and three so far on the season, and uh, they have only lost one game to the randos so tip of the cap absolutely to the start of the season arnado is super exciting to see what's going on there all right dan mclaughlin will be joining us from miami coming up it is 10 17 in st louis this time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers don't forget we're giving away four tickets to the cardinals and mets next week next tuesday for the first budweiser bash of the season and 101 espn has your chance to win and jackson you were giving it away to the text of the day and you are the judge and jury on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm really, I'm the tech czar. Like, I, oh. Yeah, I'm in charge. I give out gold stars. I give out text of the day. And you try to touch co-hosts. When I can. Yeah, when I see Good the opportunity, you. you know, green light. Uh, Tim, yes, O'Neal will hit 16-plus home runs, and batting looks to be the least of our worries. I think the real concern here is pitching, especially down the stretch if injuries occur. But it was nice seeing the rookie Plante do well. That's from the 618. Uh, Why isn't Sosa getting a chance? That's from the 618. I could be off the mark on this. This has been essentially my talking point Mm -hmm. over the offseason when it became clear that they weren't going to acquire a shortstop. I just think you're going to see DeYoung get any and every chance possible. And as long as the team is winning, 
I think they'll go, okay, we're going to just, we're just going to hitch our wagon to this. Yeah. I really believe that that is a, an, an edict from the front office sure. and that Paul the Young is the shortstop. And that's just the way that it is going to be. Yeah. And I understand. Now, if the Cardinals were three and seven and Paul DeYoung was still getting trotted out there, I think you'd have people raising hell. Sure. Absolutely. As things stand right now, they're seven and three. It would be quite surprising if between now and Sunday they didn't win three games. Yep. Uh, so that would be three and one. I mean, look who they're playing. Yep. And uh, and so Paul DeYoung can continue to kind of mess around. Sure. So I would expect you're going to see Paul DeYoung. I think you'll see Sosa in one of those four, but I think you'll see DeYoung in three of those four, and I think they're just going to give him any and every chance to get right. That's what I think you've got there, and I do think it is a case of the proverbial playing the contract. Your thoughts are always welcome. 65780, Dan McLaughlin, 1045. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. You are listening to, what's it called, Moron Sports? More, yeah, Moron Sports. On 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. What do you think of this remix I'm cutting? That's fire. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna be honesty in media, right? Please. All right, well, first off, text in to win these tickets for the Bud Bash. 65780. Uh, Jackson was just shown how to access the text uh, line yeah. presented by Air Comfort Service during the commercial break. That's right. So, so we're right why, for bear. Before you start trying to go to second base with me, why don't we log in for the contest, <laughs> if you don't mind. Right. Uh, I, the honesty in media is this. I know the Blues are playing tonight. I know it's a Jim Dandy against the Sharks right here on 101 ESPN. 9.30 start, Jackson. Yep. I'm not even going to ask your plans. Yeah, uh, and then you have the Cardinals at 540 going for a sweep. The Norn Arnado Rake Show. All right. I am aware of that. Dan McLaughlin's going to join us coming up in 20 minutes. But this is this is my little segment. This mm-hmm. is like my passion project. I will shoot Aquaman. Yeah. Okay? Right. But I'm also going to shoot Medellin. One for you, one for them. That's right. Yeah. One Absolutely. for me, one for them. The topic you sent over... Jackson's list of questions. A little late yesterday. I'm not sure what was going on with you yesterday. Yeah. You were late to work. I texted you to record a podcast at 4 o'clock. No response. <laughs> little suspicious. Yeah. Then to say, sorry, I didn't see it till now. I know that's BS. I just need to know what was really going on. I took a nap. Okay. That's what I thought. That's fine. Yeah. That's so fine. I didn't. Te- I technically okay. didn't right. see it yeah, until I, I woke up from the nap. All right. I, 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 I follow. just left that piece of information. I follow out. you. Once again, I feel like I'm interviewing Quinn Snyder, but I, I follow you. And uh, and then, so this came over at 5.55, but I always look forward to your questions. And this was the first one. And I didn't realize this had happened. One for, one for me, one for them. Right. Lincoln Riley, now head coach at USC, former head coach at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. he wrote, a, not even a letter, it was essentially a column right. on the Players' Tribune yesterday. Uh-huh. And he explained, essentially, to Oklahoma fans who he just left, Norman, mm-hmm. yeah. in, I would imagine, December, it had to have been, yeah. to go take over in L.A. at USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, that pissed off Oklahoma fans. Sure. And uh, so he kind of, and I say kind of because in reading it, I don't necessarily think he went into specific details. Mm-hmm. But he explained that for that moment in his life, for his family, it was an opportunity that he had to take. 
Mm-hmm. So he didn't necessarily get into the specifics of it. I know some people theorized what reason for him leaving. What uh, He doesn't want to mess with the SEC. Correct. And it's going to be much easier for him to win a national championship at USC sure. than to try to negotiate the labyrinth that is whatever the division they will wind up in yeah. and whatever the structure is in the SEC. So you pose this question, which kind of gets into a much bigger topic than USC and Oklahoma football, because that's not what I'm going to do here. My uh, my understanding of what the audience wants and doesn't want uh, is at least savvy enough to realize that isn't what you want. <laughs> sure. But it's the bigger picture question. And the question that you pose is this. In today's age of instant news and rumors, is there a way a coach can leave a school doing it, quote unquote, the right way? Could there be a scenario today where a coach could leave by telling his team and the administrators before news can be broken? Or do you think public perception of these coaches leaving for bigger schools will change and become more understanding? Love the question, especially considering you were just waking up from your slumber Yeah, (laughs) when you sent it over. But this is a topic that gets me going. Right. Because I feel like any time a coach leaves a school in which he's going to a school that can be considered approximately the equal. Yeah, like a lateral move. Right. Then the previous school hates the guy. Yep. So in the case of Notre Dame fans, stunned by Brian Kelly going to LSU. For sure. In the case of Oklahoma fans, stunned by you know Lincoln Riley going from Norman to, to L.A. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't have to be of the caliber of Notre Dame, LSU, Oklahoma, USC for it to happen. Mm-hmm. I will provide a non-local example. Brett Bielma leaving Madison, Wisconsin to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yep. I think everybody in Madison, Wisconsin going, I mean, we get him leaving, but to go to Arkansas? Yeah. And what about here in Missouri, approximately a decade ago, just a little more than a decade ago, Mike Anderson going to Fayetteville? Yep. I think a lot of people understood him going back to Fayetteville because of his origins there with Nolan Richardson. When I was doing television in Little Rock, I saw Mike Anderson on his staff. Uh, So I was familiar with him, not just from his UAB time, but from his Arkansas time because I was covering Arkansas back in the day. Um, But I think Missouri fans like, you're going to Arkansas. What in the world? But the bigger thing was not that he was necessarily going to Arkansas, but that he didn't do it the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then that gets to the question, is there a way to do it the right way? And my answer to that is no. Now, I think the coach is doing everything in many cases that they can do in order to do it as well as possible. But in this story Lincoln Riley wrote, and I'm applying this to well beyond Lincoln Riley, first off, the news is going to be broken by somebody other than the coach. Now, you might ask the question, how or why is that the case? I will explain this to you, and this might make you ill, but I'm just telling you the way that the world works. Fun facts for no and tell. Sure. How do you think that this is the case? This is like what I do when I'm talking to my son to make sure that he's following along and also seeing if he's picking up on in- intuition. Uh, he's four, by the way. Well, when you have those sources, they work both ways. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. right. That's the game. Yeah, it's a two-way street. So the way that this works... Because people will give Derek Gould, and probably Jr. gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Gabe Diarman uh, gets it. Yeah, like oh wow, another national outlet outlet breaking the story. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence because somebody, an agent, an athletic director, somebody who wants to become an athletic director but is in the athletic director's office, the coach himself, 
wants positive coverage. Yep. And so here's the favor. This is what's going to happen. You break the story, but it's understood. When the time comes, you're going to owe me a favor. And that's the way the deal is done. Yep. Now, it might sound really scummy to you, but I'm telling you from a position of knowledge that this is the way that it goes down. Uh, the currency of breaking stories is paid for in the currency of positive spin. Opening scene of The Godfather. That's it. Yep. That truly is it. Yep. So that is why no coach can leave, quote-unquote, the right way. Now, in the case specifically of Lincoln Riley leaving to go from Oklahoma to USC, he did tell his players, and they did not know. Mm -hmm. But he had to leave right away, so he's only able to talk with a handful of players one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. And he says he hates that. He doesn't like that. But at the same time, he had to immediately go from Norman to L.A. And it was just like that. It's over. Yep. He's in the plane. And he's excited about being the USC head coach. I'm sure he's making more money. And then Los Angeles. And while we all will hate on Stan Kroenke here, I think if we were all to be honest, if we were to do a quick Gallup poll, where would you rather reside? Yeah, it's not going to be tough. And he got Norman sweet to Los deal. Angeles. Yeah, he got a sweet deal with SC. You know, you understand the excitement. But at the same time, he's talking about flying you know, over the country to, to go there. And he's going, man, I'm never going to go back there. No. And if I do, he knows it's not going to be a pleasant reception. For it sure. probably will at some point because he was the head coach for Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Yeah, great and they did have some good runs. With that said, he is persona non grata with Oklahoma fans. And so while I think it is absolute garbage that we accept, and I don't want to say we, that's not fair, some accept that coaches can bounce around with no penalty, mm -hmm. but then expect players who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old to, back in the day, sit out or be penalized for bouncing around. It's an incredible double standard. Absolutely. And so from that standpoint... Uh, I understand people's frustration with it, and I don't really know what the solution to it is, but I will say this. I don't know if there is any real right way to solve the problem of a player finding out from some kind of outlet other than the head coach himself that he is now going to be playing for somebody who he most likely did not know before he signed to go to that school. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's you're exactly right. And then we can't really have that double standard because everyone's doing what's in their best interest. So Brian Kelly. Now, I, I don't know what, what was going on with Brian Kelly. I don't know. I feel like he's like Tony Soprano in the desert on peyote here over the last <laughs> few months. I don't know what's happened with the dancing and with the, 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 the drawl, even though he's from like Southie. Uh, but Lincoln Riley, I don't think anybody's necessarily hating on him unless they want to say that. I know Norman they are, but sure. hating on him yeah, nationally. Uh, you know, outside of the, oh, he's trying to dodge the SEC. Mm -hmm. um, I understand what these guys are doing. I get it. But I also understand those who go, well, they didn't leave the right way. The issue is the fan base that's getting left is always going to say, well, they didn't leave the right way because their feelings are hurt that there was a place that was perceived to be as better. Um, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine last week regarding the quick start Dennis Gates has had recruiting-wise, coaching-wise, hasn't coached a game yet, but things I think have people more excited about Missouri basketball than at any point over the last eight months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's he was saying, yeah, you know, the thing is, though, if he does take off, it's like inevitable, you know where he's going to wind up, and where do you think he would wind up? You can do this. Florida State. Know, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Leonard Hamilton's for sure on the you know back end of his career, absolutely, and that's where Gates has been for so long. It's where mm -hmm. Cy, friend of the show, yeah. has has been, 
And that's where he would wind up. But that's the cost of doing business. Or Missouri's able to keep him, and God bless America. Or he, his family just would rather live in Florida, even though it's Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's where they're going to go. There's nothing you can do. But the other side of that is he has left Missouri basketball a hell of a lot better than he found it. Yeah. And in that sense, if you can take the ego aside, you understand it. So from this, there's no way the kids who play for these guys are ever going to find out from some place other than, you know, take your pick of whichever guy Pete Thamel, you yeah. know, like Jay Wright last night. They yeah. break the story that he's retiring. And exactly. it's just like out of nowhere. People go, oh, my God. I'm sure some of the, the players on Villanova found out about it from Twitter. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that Jay Wright's a bad guy. Right. I'm telling you what the circumstances are on this. And I thought, even though I would imagine still people who are Oklahoma fans are furious with Lincoln Riley, I tip my cap to him because he has no need to sit down and do that, Mm -hmm. to write that. That wasn't directed specifically at Oklahoma fans, but I do kind of feel like it was for Oklahoma fans, all while maintaining his loyalty as the USC head coach to the Trojan fans, of explaining what went on and how he does regret it, but was attempting to uh, to to give some perspective as to how these types of situations play out. Right, it was really well done in a, in a classic. So move. you thought it was well done too? Yeah, and it was just a classic because you know, like you said, there's no re- he didn't have to do that. There's no reason he would need to do it, but to do it shows that he sympathizes with those fans because he like you know, a sense of what we're talking about. He knows that there really is no right way to do it. You can do it as best you can. You can do it with all the best intentions. But at the end of the day, most likely your players are going to hear it from Twitter. 65780 is how you can text in. We are giving away a four-pack of tickets for the Bud Bash. Tickets Tuesday to next Cardinals and Mets game. And that features a Keith Hernandez uh, limited edition bobblehead giveaway. It's Bud Bash at cardinals.com slash promotions. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions, like... Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Or... What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? What's that? And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match, me, you and I? That's a final question, bro. Now, it's time for... So what's your grandma think? Yeah, Jackson, what do we got going on here today? I know we got Dan McLaughlin in a matter of moments. Right. So what do you got? What do you got? No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just telling the listeners what's coming up. Absolutely. Uh, We got a little bit. This guy named Will Barton. Will Barton plays on your Denver Nuggets. And, oh boy! Back to the association. <laughs> yeah, and he and uh, Boogie Cousins got into it on the bench. Marcus. Yeah, earlier this week, and so uh, here's a little audio of uh, when a reporter asked him what happened. Malone also said. Um, the biggest challenge facing you guys right now is not splintering. Um, what what happened with you and Demarcus the third quarter? Uh, nothing, just some goofy. Shit. I uh, I can't even entertain. What does that mean? You just some goofy shit that happened on the bench that I shouldn't even I shouldn't entertain. I I can't let that happen in uh in a series in the playoffs in the game. Um, I got to be better than that. Will Barton. What does that mean? You. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Just natural follow-up to when someone says goofy ass. Yeah, I, I'm trying to put myself in that spot. I respect the follow-up, but I don't know if I would have any expectations of a payoff on the follow-up. Nah. 
but you're, you're given like a, a half of a second to make the decision is to go, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just doing the best he can is what that was. Uh, Jackson, unfortunately, I wasn't paying attention when you did it uh, because now you don't stumble through your updates. Right, right. Well, well, well. OMG, tell that blues-hating, NBA-loving guy that the Blues play San Jose tonight, not Vancouver. He said the Vancouver Canucks on the update. That's from the 314. Mm. What are your, what are your, what are your, what would you like to, would you like to issue a statement? No, I'm just here. I'm just going to, everyone rewind their minds real quick. The Blues take on the Sharks tonight out in San Jose, pregame at 830 right here on 101 ESPN. I really thought you were going to pull up the audio that, that quickly, as a matter of fact, to show that you did say the Sharks, but oh, you're, no, no, no. you're I just said trying to gaslight the audience at right, this moment. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, that's also the. So I mentioned that the Wild were playing the Canucks and that's what got in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's Blues and Sharks. Blues and Sharks tonight, pregame at 8.30 right here on 101 ESPN. I think that I think that was a nice retraction I just did right there I live hope, on the air. I hope Mike Ryder takes you and throws you up against the wall in the commercial break. That's what I... Yes! Well, I got to go in there, see what's doing. Take that. I personally would like to give the, the Bud Bash tickets to the guy who brought this to my attention. No, I think he's definitely the one who says, tell that blues-hating, NBA-loving guy. He's That's the leader right. in the clubhouse, so it's... Uh, Everyone's fighting for second at this point. What did you lead with in your update? Celtics being the Mets. Oh, Defensive clinic. You won't see that too often. I mean, you're the bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are the bad guy. I'm Hans Gruber. You are the bad Sure. I kind of look like him, too. Ripped from today's headlines, <laughs> but yes. Uh, Dan McLaughlin is going to join us next. We'll see if he knows the Cardinals are playing the Marlins, considering he's in Miami. <laughs> That's uh, next on, year on Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here on the show. And it is our pleasure to head to Miami where Dan McLaughlin will have the call of today's series finale between the Marlins and the Cardinals. And Dan, I would imagine the Marlins fans are already lined up outside the ballpark for today's festivities. Well, no doubt. I mean, anytime you get to watch uh, Pablo Lopez and uh, Jordan Hicks, it's a hot ticket. Yeah. Uh, they're buzzing uh, down there in South Florida. What a wonderful! I feel like every time I'm having you on, I'm tipping my cap for another great call. Last night, scoreless game into the ninth, and there's Nolan Arenado, and you're in a tough spot on that one because you got Soler. Is he going to get it? Is he doesn't going to get it? And it's still a glorious call and a call and another great moment for the Cardinals and Arenado, who's on a heater here to start the season. Oh, he's been un- unbelievable to start this season. It's been incredible. And, uh, yeah, the call was not as great as it should have been. But there's nothing um, you can do about that. What can you do? You can't do anything about that. Well, you know, normally I go to the monitor, and uh, I didn't do that last night because – I thought that he was going to get it. And so I wanted to see it um, with my own eyes as to whether or not uh, he would get it. And, um, but still, you know what? It was fine. It was no big deal. And Solaire came down and it drives me crazy when uh, those outfielders, those darn outfielders, Tim, 
<laughs> when they go up to uh, get a ball, they better start realizing that there's play-by-play guys yes. around here that need to see whether they catch it or not, right? There really does yeah. need to be some signal between you guys and the outfielders. I agree with well, that. That should have been handled that, in the labor negotiations. Exactly. That's yep. exactly where I was going with this. That <laughs> needs to be part of what uh, brought up in the new CBA with Rob Manfred. <laughs> How about uh, Miles Michaelis the last two starts? First started a little concerning in the last two starts. Anything of note there, whether talking to him or uh, maybe uh, Mike Maddox, about what has gone on between the first start and his last two where he has looked more like the guy who we first saw in St. Louis a few years ago? Yeah, you know, first of all, I think the starting pitching has been great. Um, it, it's it's settled. You know, it's finally settled. And Steven Matz was great in his last start, too. And I think going into this trip, that was really, the for me, the big question. Can you get Michaelis and Matz um, away from those first starts and, and being the guys that you expect them to be? So, so far, they have been now on this trip. Matz will go on Friday night against Hunter Green. And um, I'm looking forward to that, seeing Hunter Green, the kid that's throwing, you know, 100 miles an hour with every pitch. So that's pretty cool to watch on Friday night. Um, the other thing, though, to answer your question about Miles, I was talking to him the other day, and he said, I, I'm just healthy. You know, he's like, everything that's coming out is the way it's supposed to be. So that's good. You know what I mean? It's it's just that he's finally healthy, things feel good, and he's back to where he should be. So that's the, the number one thing I think that I think about with him is that if he's healthy, he's going to be able to locate and make pitches, and that's what he did last night. The first couple weeks uh, we talked about... Were you guys just giggling? No, no, no. There was no giggling. I, I do a lot of giggling, but in this case, I was I was in the middle of uh, Cardinal statistics right now. There's no oh, okay, giggling. I, I, some, there's something going on with the phone line here. Well, I mean, that's that. Well, I, the only thing that, to get upset about at this moment is Jackson calling the San Jose Sharks the Vancouver Canucks. That's something that has uh, me and the audience furious. Oh, they're fired up. Yeah. yeah. I was getting some shots on Twitter about that and I I refuse to address them. Jackson though, let's let's I know you have some early mornings, baby, but come on, let's watch our games up there. Yep. We'll do. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was uh, going to make the observation that, uh, you know, first with Albert Pools, we were talking about them signing him, then talking about opening day and the enthusiasm uh, around that. How fun is that? But, but, but now it's like, okay, when he comes up, this isn't this isn't a novelty act. This is a guy no. contributing and, and hitting the ball hard even when he's making outs. But there haven't been a whole lot of outs. He's raking. I, I just think it's fun. I, I – I love it. I, I, you know, I, I sound like a homer, I'm sure, when I say all this stuff, but it, it does take me back to when he first got uh, brought to the big leagues and it, when he was in his prime. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, though, Tim, like I had a long conversation, well, not long, but a good conversation with Corey Dickerson yesterday, and I, I brought it up a little bit on the air. And this is just a, if I could use this word, a microcosm of oh. what, Albert has been to a lot of guys on this team. So I said to him, I said, you know, you've, you've been a regular for the better part of your career, and now you're asked to be a DH, and if a lefty's up there, you're not going to hit. You know, you're going to start probably against right-handed pitching more times than not. Um, you know, what what are you doing to, you know, kind of keep yourself sharp? And so we, we talked about some of the physical things that he does, but the first thing he mentioned was Albert Pujols. He said, well, he goes, Albert Pujols comes over to me and talks to me about preparation in in times like this. So when you're a DH, these are the things that you want to do. This is what you're looking for. This is how you study video. He's like, it's stuff I've never even heard about. He goes, and he's just been awesome, like a great teammate. And I was talking to Pop Warner, the third base coach, the Cardinals, and he said that 
when the Cardinals were thinking about signing Pujols, the you know the scuttlebutt was going around the uh, the front office and and certainly the the, the on field staff. Hey, we may do this, and so they kind of you know not did a poll, but just you know just kind of wanted to to gauge what the coaches felt, and everybody was like, yeah, go get him, go get him, go get him. Well. Pop said to me, he goes, you know, I really observed last September when Albert was in St. Louis with uh, the Dodgers. And he said when he wasn't playing, he was so engaged with the other uh, players and his teammates. And I I specifically remember him talking to Cody Bellinger before the game. And Cody was really struggling. And here's a former MVP. um, And and Albert was talking about little things with his swing. So Pop's point was like you could just tell – it wasn't just some guy that was holding on trying to get to 700, even though that's in the back of a lot of people's minds. But he is truly contributing to the team, which is great when he's not playing. And then when he does play, he's truly contributing to the team. Uh, he's been great against left-handed pitching. I think he's now six for nine. He's got a couple of home runs. Um, and the thing that I notice is that he doesn't strike out. Uh, in, in this day and age where strikeouts to an extent are accepted, he still puts the ball in play. Now, he may strike out here or there. That happens. That's baseball. But, man, for a guy that's 42 and you would think, okay, he's not in the prime of his career, um, you're going to have a a good portion of these at-bats end in a strikeout. He hasn't been doing that. So it's been really fun to watch. And, by the way, I should say this too, Tim. He and Yachty are, like, inseparable, which is fun. It's like old times again. And they're smiling. They're relaxed. They're having fun. Wayno's having fun. Um, and winning helps that. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a very relaxed team and, and guys that are laser focused on winning, but also doing it with some enjoyment. So it's it's been a good start to this season. That 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 actually is something Dan we talked about with the observation and the amusement after Pools had to make his mad dash uh, two nights ago in Miami and how it wasn't just, although Molina was certainly enjoying it, Wainwright was uh, fanning him off as he had, but everybody, Bader was laughing, you know, and Bader is probably 10 years old, if that, not even 10 years old, actually, when Albert made his debut in 2001, you know, the whole team does have that vibe of enjoying themselves, not just the three guys, you know, who may be in their final seasons. Absolutely. hundred percent. And these guys are having fun. I do think, it's a reflection of Ali. And I've always said this, you are a reflection to an extent of your manager or your head coach in sports. Um, As long as they have that, the the room and they have the respect of the guys, a lot of times the players reflect how that person um, holds themselves accountable. And Ali is just very calm demeanor, very approachable and very direct. So if you have a question for Ali, um, Come on in. You know, what What do you got? And I, I loved it the other day. Somebody in the media came in I, I, after the game, and um, the Cardinals had lost. It was against Milwaukee, and, and you know, you, you got to put your sad face on or your very stern face as the media guy, right? <laughs> of course, absolutely. Right, you got to play the part. And uh, and so the, somebody started asking a question, and it was kind of like, like in a low voice, you know, Holly, what did you think? And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, hey, man. He goes, just ask your question. It's all good. This isn't life or death. <laughs> said, you know, I'm a paraphrasing, but he's like, yeah, I wish we won the game. But, yeah, what, what do you got for us? Let's talk some baseball. Yeah. It was great. You had to kind and of go into like, Daniel Day-Lewis mode during La Russa once Calvin was done asking his question. And then there was a pause. And everybody's like, who wants to go? I don't want to go. You want to go? Okay, fine. I'll get lit up. You just didn't want to ask. <laughs> you know, you got to take it on the chin for the team every yep, once in a absolutely. while. Right? You know? Yep. Um 
but that's how Ali rolls, man. It's great. Like I was in his office yesterday for half hour, 45 minutes, just talking baseball, talking about what it means to be the Cardinal manager. We were talking about situations. We're talking about stuff away from the field. He's just, he's been a pleasure to deal with. And and so was Mike Schilt. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I have a great relationship with Mike and, a great re, you know relationship with Ollie, so it makes my job a lot easier. Looking forward to the festivities today. I just love watching Arnado play, and he is on a heater. Oh. Tommy Edmond off to a great start as well, and Jordan Hicks on the mound. Dan McLaughlin on the call. Cardinals and Marlins, five forty. Dan, always enjoy it. Thanks so much, sir. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Stan McLaughlin with us Thanks. here. BK and Ferrario are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan, and this has been. Balloon Party at 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.